All right, we are back again. Even on this path, talking about vision. Vision is critical for us, not only just as a leader, but also as a person. We must visualize. As I say in the Bible, he without vision will perish. Because what you have to understand is things are created twice, once in the mind and then in the physical form. Without vision, we perish because then things aren't developed. Again, we're in the book, Developing a Leader Within You 2.0, by the number one leadership and management expert, John C. Maxwell. And we're studying vision. And we're going through... Uh, all the different facets, and now we're going to paint the picture of vision is where we are now, which goes to um, my title. You will eventually become a fog if your vision isn't clear. If your vision isn't clear, it's like driving through a fog. You can't see that well. As opposed to when there is no fog, then you can zero right in where you're going and get there. That's the difference between a vision and uh, having the fog. So when we talk about vision, uh, it was interesting because in this chapter, uh, he kind of outlines different aspects. Talking about being able to touch the vision. And uh, he made that quote that I just mentioned talking about uh if the vision isn't clear then the mist and the mind will eventually become a fog in this case it says an organization but it'll become a fog and just slow you down from ever achieving what you wanted to achieve so and i as i thought about that vision i also thought about it's a changing our mindset too a lot of times when we have dreams visions we don't really believe them but i challenge you here's a challenge and i know john maxwell talks about this and i've done this next time because this is something simple uh, most of us drive the next time you're driving and you go to the store Change your perspective and assume that there have been people that have been there for, if you haven't done this before, think about it. There's people that have been there for hours and they're just getting done. So drive all the way to the front, totally under the thought that you're going to find a space. And what you're going to find is nine or ten times, you will find a space closer than if you just tried to park further out. That's a change of perspective, knowing that there's always people that have been in there a long time and they're finishing and they're ready to go. I'm just going to go up front. And as they leave, I wave and thank them for keeping my spot for me. That's one thing. The other thing, um, when I think about vision and, and, and talking with people, one of the things I want to do is be able to help people. And, and I thought about, okay, so what is your vision? What is What are you looking for? What am I looking for in you? Well, if I were your mentor or your uh, coach, one of the things I would do, 
because a lot of people um, are not that sure or confident within themselves, is, is provide them a task to write down five or six statements uh, that are affirmations about themselves and say them every morning. And I wrote a few down. I, I, I don't think they were uh, perfect, but uh, in the uh, essence of time, I didn't want to belay coming on with you because I always enjoy that. Uh, but I found some here. It's like, say to yourself, today is a beautiful day, and I will do great things today. Today is a beautiful day, and I will do great things today. I have been wonderfully made. I will focus and complete all my projects today. I will focus and complete all my projects today, and I have all the confidence I need to succeed today. Okay, so today is a beautiful day. I will do great things today. I have been wonderfully made. I will focus and complete my projects today, and I have all the confidence I need to succeed today. And if you say that as many times as you can every day for a month, you'll, you'll start to experience a tremendous difference. Now let's talk about my dream, my vision for you. Um, I'm talking to you because I believe that you're the type of person that's got into, say, an administrative job and you became good at it. And, but there was not a lot of upward mobility, but it paid the bills. And you, as time went on, you became really good. And as people came, left and came, you became what we call the expert. You've been there the longest. You know the most history. So you, there you are, the expert. But you know deep down what you really wanted to do. Let's say in this case, just say it's for example, say uh, you're an operator doing administrative work within a say insurance company, and you've been there for years. And you assume, I guess this is it. I got my incremental raises, a little bonus every now and then, not major stuff, but this is it. But you, you kind of feel like uh, that pulse I have, a little part of you is dying every day because you know that you have other skills and you haven't been able to use them. But yet you're allowing this to, to you're, you're surrendering to your current circumstances. But see, if you start saying this, I have, I'm confident I've been wonderfully made, then you've been made for a reason and you've got... Um, things in you let's say for example you love working with old people and you love to be able to to do that on a, a regular basis so here you are you go to work you come home so why not start increasing our awareness let's go look and as we as i drive home i'm going to look and see how many nursing homes or, or home health centers do i pass on the way home Okay, so I count, man, I didn't realize how many. There's five of them. I wonder if I could just stop by, say, and talk to someone in charge, say, uh, director of activities or director of nursing, and find out if I could stop by, say, after work for an hour and just spend some time, maybe help serve a few of the, the tenants there and just have conversation because that's my love and 
I'd like to try and get into that. So you do. You, you, you call up one of them, and they say, oh, yes, we'd love to have you come by. Uh, again, I always forget to say my name, Bravel Dodd, and I always enjoy working with, uh, being with you here. But, okay, Bravel, why don't you stop by tomorrow on your way home and spend the, uh, the, the uh, supper hour with us? And, you know, there's a few people that could probably use the company and you could talk to. So you do that the next day, and then you feel that tugging inside, and you start to realize, that, hey, I, this felt pretty good. I had great conversation. Sally or Alice was great. Jim, he was kind of a crazy guy, but I just loved it. I just loved it. So you feel this, this tugging, and you call the lady back. Next day, you say, Julie, this is great. I'd love to do it again. And, and you, you, she says, okay, why don't you come by again tonight? They really enjoyed your company, and you do that. After a while, you start getting a pattern of doing it maybe two or three times a week. And then it's time for, say, uh, it's the holiday season, and they've got some uh, volunteer opportunities where you could help prepare dinner for them, a dinner. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and you say, you know, this is something different, and you're really starting to enjoy it because it's something you really love to do, and then you get to do that, and they start to know you, and they say, hey, why don't you come on over and uh, be a part of our team uh, just a couple of days a week, you know, help out with a few activities, and then you get to do that, and what happens? Something happens to the activity director, but they don't have a, enough time to actually train someone, but you've been doing this for a little while. So they say, hey, can you come by and really fill in for her a couple of times a week? We'll even uh, look at perhaps even paying you a little bit. And all of a sudden, wow, here you are. It's, it's, it's what you dream to do, and now you get the opportunity to do it on a, on a volunteer basis. But now they want to pay you to do it uh, because the lady's sick. Then comes a time she's getting married and she's moving away. And they, they, they see your passion for this. They're like, we need to make Ravel an offer because he really loves these people. And he'd really take the time and do a good job. He may not have all the skills, but he's got the attitude and he's got the he's got the um, He's got the passion, and anything else can be taught. So they do that. They, they ask you a little bit about, you know, what it would take to get you over. And all of a sudden, boom, there you are. You're, you're living into your dream. You're actually working with older people, and you're the activity coordinator, and you love doing those type of things, and they just love you. So then the, the head of the organization, finds out about you, and they, 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 they see that you have such great skills, you're organized, and now they're talking about having you go around as the model to teach some of the other nursing homes. Do you see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is life doesn't end because you're stuck in a, a job that's not necessarily in, in what you love. 
you can ease in to what you love on a volunteer basis. That way you're not losing your income and you're starting to really one define and clarify what your purpose is and seeing if if you're really on point with what you think it is. Another one could be the fire department. Let's say you like um, um, you've always been interested in the fire department. Stop by in the evening and, and talk to them and learn about the fire engines. And then a lot of times in some of the smaller counties, they have volunteer firemen, and they'd love to have you in there. Say you, you start working a four-day week, and that one extra day, you get to volunteer at the fire department. Soon a uh, full-time position opens up. You start working out and, and qualify, and you get in there. And now they love you being there as part of the team because you that's what you've always wanted to do. Then it becomes meaningful and more impactful. And then you find other opportunities where you can use those skills in a different way where you can help others and maybe even rise in, in the uh, fire department or the city um, positions it within the city itself. There's limited possibilities. What I'm saying is taking the first step, first building your confidence, understanding that there's more to you than just your job, and that listen to people around you as they talk about you and they tell you about your different skills and how great you are at what you do. Because a lot of times we're blind. We have blind spots and we don't understand our own skills. But as we listen to others talk about us, we begin to understand more about ourselves because we know what we love. And when we were doing that and people, people gravitate and are attracted to us for it. So your life doesn't have to end. It's actually a new birth of a beginning. So what I'm saying is let's open our minds, open our awareness, and think about what we really want to do. The same thing with dance. You know, I was in modern dance for years when I was young. And I believe, right? Middle school was a big thing. And loved it. Oh, man, the theater was great. Uh, learning how to lift the lift the girls up and put them down and uh, dance. I didn't wear tights. I wore shorts, gym shorts. Okay. Anyways, but uh, it was fun. And to be able to do that um, was, was fun. But then, you know, I moved on to other things, but I still love dance. Just like, what do you love? What are you holding back yourself on? Take those steps, those baby steps. Because I'm telling you this because, like I said, many times I, I've, I've read about the people in their 70s and 80s when asked the question, if you had a chance to do it over again, what would you do? And they talk about they would have risked more. They would have done more. No one has ever said, I would have played it safe more. You see, life is not lived on the sidelines it's lived on the field and the sooner you get out there the better you feel about yourself and i know it's scary sometimes it's in the uh, it's in the it's out of the comfort zone but one thing that helps you is 
affirmations daily to yourself. I am good. I am great. I am somebody. I can focus. I get things done. One day I'm going to do something great or I do great things. And then seek out to do those things. And you'll do it naturally because see, the subconscious, I don't have a board here. The subconscious mind is powerful. And once you feed these these affirmations, trust me on this. Once you feed these affirmations in for a month, consistently, every day, three times a day, just read the cards. Don't even don't even uh, like think into them. Just read them. We're like computers. You input that information in. What goes in eventually is going to come out. Hands down, no doubt. But you got to get it in there. And no, you're not going to get it from the TV. No, you're not going to get it from the movies. No, you're not going to get it from your friends. Because if you were, you'd already be where you need to be. But to get there, you have to, well, one is uh, the affirmations that build your confidence. But uh, another item that you need to work on is, is the people around you. Two things I always tell my kids. You become, uh, five years from now, you'd be like the books you read and the people you hang around. And now it's two years because the, the cycle has accelerated because of the, the rate at which things change. So two years, you'd be like the people you hang around, the books that you read. And then look at the older people that did those things and then look at them and say to yourself, is that the way I want to be two years from now? Then find someone. Maybe it's the president of your company. Ask him for an opportunity for lunch. I did that when I was at my larger company. I actually asked the uh, CEO uh, or the second in charge, the VP, to have lunch. And I did. And it was a great experience. Um, and he really appreciated my ideas. Um, and it made a, a, a big impact. So then it was kind of funny because now when we were around the campus and my friend thought that he was special and that everyone knew his name, but the, uh, the, the VP never knew his name, but he would always call me by my name because we had a connection. We had a relationship now. But how do you do that? You get out of the comfort zone. You take that first step. And most successful people are willing to sit down with you and have a conversation and impart the knowledge that you need. Ask them, you know, what, how did you get where you are? And listen to their story. Everyone loves talking about themselves. And man, what an education you can get from those conversations. So this conversation was supposed to be about vision, and I think we're there. But I just wanted to pour out my heart for what makes a difference, what gets you ahead. I'd love to be a part of helping you to do that by meeting maybe once every two weeks or so. We could, uh, I've still got to put my calendar together and then have it available and to meet, see if we got chemistry, and then we'll discuss whether we'll do an ongoing thing for like six months. Where I can help you develop because a lot of times you can't do it alone. No man's an island. And, and you only value things that you actually either put your time or money or both in. I know this.
and you probably know it too. Anytime you get something for free, you really don't value it. But when you when you pay for something, you kind of pay attention. It's been great. I love sharing with you. Um, ooh, I missed my link this time. Um, hey, uh, one of the things I would say is I've I've learned how to um, use YouTube. And if you look up how to do a Facebook Live, you'll see my video there. Take a look at it um, because I talk about some of the things that you need to do to do something like this. But also in that message, I talk about getting clarity, and I think you'll find it very enlightening how to do a Facebook Live. Look it up on YouTube. You'll see my picture there. And uh, it's been great until tomorrow. Have a great evening.